You are listening to Mike Seminary and Friends. Morning routines. Everyone has one. By default, some people just go about their business and it's a routine anyway. Let me tell you about mine. And it's almost like a ritual for some of us. So before my feet hit the floor in the morning, I'm doing devotional time. After that, I grab a cup of coffee or two. And it's always really bold. I'll take four. And these are tablespoons, not, not the measuring tablespoon, but the big soup spoon. Four of those, heaping to make four to five cups of coffee. That's pretty bold for, for most folks. For me, it's just getting going. And then I read a couple of newspapers, look at the news, that gets depressing, so I go for a morning run. And I come back, I have another cup of coffee. That's my routine. I had my first cup of coffee in the summer of 1970 when I was part of an organization called Teen Corps. I was in Tennessee building daycare centers and community centers, and the rest of that story was for another time. But that's when I had my first cup of coffee. It was awful because it was Sanka, instant. But it felt and tasted so good that particular morning while tasting awful. Well, and I'm a coffee snob. So I couldn't be more delighted to have my guest this morning, an entrepreneur of the folks that make the world go round, right? And an entrepreneur that's involved in coffee Coffee beans, food, all of that stuff. Breaking bread, connecting, communicating. Brian Jackson, the founder and CEO of Mighty Missouri Coffee. Welcome to Mike's Seminary and Friends. It's great to see you. How are you this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. This is a thrill. It's been a while. Now, since we moved away, I, uh, I haven't seen you. I remember the first time I had a cup of your coffee, by the way. It was at- Oh, is that right? It was that million cups. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't think you were the speaker that morning, but <clears throat> there was Mighty Missouri Coffee, and it's great. I mean, it, so let, let's start from the beginning. Yeah. The beginning. Yeah. Before Brian was in the coffee business, but before you were at Frontier Precision, where you probably learned a lot about marketing from my friend Dennis Kemisat, who's just a <laughs> brilliant guy who probably yeah. doesn't need coffee either he's just on he's just on fire all the time right i agree what did you want to be when you were a kid <laughs> growing up it's don't tell me it was coffee because you couldn't have been when you were a it kid couldn't have been up. coffee um there's a there's a, a a little worksheet that i have from preschool preschool brian and it's uh what what i want to be when i grow up and uh and then there's a blank and I wrote in pirate, so uh, I'm not I'm not sure what I wanted to be, but it's always been a moving target. I'd say I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, but yeah, uh, that's in mar uh, marketing and uh, coffee came came later. It came it came much later. So yeah, you know, coffee's a big business. Um... You know, Starbucks, what do they have? 35,000 locations worldwide or something. They started, I think, in 1971. Everybody thought, you know, people going into the coffee business was nuts. I, I've heard people talk about, yeah, this guy was going to get into the coffee business. He wanted me to be a partner, and I walked away from it. Of course, it was the guy that started Starbucks, right? Yeah. But it's it's it's... It's more than having a cup of coffee. We'll get to that in a minute. But just the market size. Uh, thir Starbucks, 35,000 locations, something like that worldwide. I, I tried to find real data, real data about, or some say data. I was trying to find real figures, statistics about what we spend on coffee. Because I know what I spend on coffee. 
And uh, every time you do a search, the number is different. I, I've seen numbers where the average American woman spends $2,900 a year on coffee. The average American male spends 1700 bucks a year on coffee. That the average American spends $16 a day on coffee. So I know it's a significant number, um, and there are, there are reasons that we do that. So you you got involved in a very, very competitive business, the, the coffee business. Prior to that, you were at Frontier Precision, a phenomenal company run by a remarkable guy. When did you start thinking yeah. I'm, gonna, I'm an entrepreneur and I'm, I'm going to get into something. And how did you land on coffee? It's a great question. Um, so I was doing marketing, uh, graphic design, logos, and communications. Communications is still my heart. I love, uh, I mean, it's a, it's a broad uh, degree for people. And I loved every aspect of it. And so um, even when I was working at Frontier Precision, uh, for Dennis, I was still building things, you know, an after 5 PM kind of brand just to stretch those muscles. Um, and so I probably had mighty Missouri company in my mind. Well, before coffee was a thing, it would be mighty Missouri blank company and, and coffee just started filling those blanks. When I, when I grew up, I mean, I, I enjoyed coffee as a, utilitarian aspect of coffee. I needed coffee, but I didn't know how big, like you're exactly right. The, the world of coffee is, is gigantic. And there's um, a niche to fill just everywhere you look. Um, you know, Starbucks is creating these spaces for, for places. But when I grew up, um, my dad, uh, I grew up in Hazen, North Dakota. And uh, my dad is a family practice doc there. And, and he was, probably a coffee addict, not a good coffee, just coffee because it's coffee. And he's a cyclist and um, we had water bottles, every water bottle that he would put in the cage of his bike, they were like stained with coffee. So he'd have one cage in the front with water for, for his bike ride. And he had have one in the back for coffee. So it was just around coffee a whole lot. And then I was on a master's swim team and those guys get up at, uh, sick hours in the morning. And, uh, for me just to get a workout in, I'd have to get, you know, these big, uh, glass root beer mugs full of coffee, throw some creamer in it. So it would be cool enough to drink on my way to the pool, but it was very much just a, uh, this isn't good coffee, but I need this coffee. And so that was all kind of in the back of my mind as I'm building a brand. And then I was introduced to what's called third wave coffee. So, um, is kind of look at looking at the the coffee world in in waves where maybe the first wave is your uh, big box grocery coffee that's been in people's cupboards for all of the 20th century and then you have Howard Schultz coming along for the second wave of coffee starting Starbucks where I mean, in Bismarck, North Dakota, for example, 30 years ago, if you asked what's in your cup and you said a cappuccino, that's like who is this guy, you know, <laughs> and now it's just an expectation. And so Howard Schultz did this, the second wave of coffee, which is lattes out the door, drinking um, hot and ready beverages um, and the coffee shop side of things. And now there's the third wave of coffee and that's more uh, roaster centric. So that's looking at the origin of coffee, um, the flavor of the bean, the potential of the flavor and why and how you're roasting that coffee. So you see this, this kind mm -hmm. of evolution of coffee and then, and it, it continues to rapidly change. I've been doing this now for over a decade and, and there's been a lot of changes in that time too. But uh, that's, that's what interested me in coffee. So I was thinking, all right, there's something there. Um, Mighty Missouri Coffee Company. I love that idea. And, and for me, the idea was after uh, 5 p.m. or whatever, I could build a website, I could do the e-commerce thing, and I would just just enjoy the, the, uh, the practice of doing that. And I thought I could have someone, possibly some roaster roast some coffee for me and i'd put put it in some bags and and ship it out and it would just be a cool little side hustle and then i started job shadowing some people and learned how to roast coffee and i thought oh this is it 
I, I, that there's a, an art and science about roasting coffee. And, um, the more I stepped into it, the more I just like, all right, this, this could be a thing, but just like any hobby, <laughs> any hobby in the world, it, it gets bigger. The more interested you are in it, the, the, the bigger it gets. And then add a, that it's a business on top of it. It, it got, it got big. And, um, a few years I was looking at making it my full-time thing. So. Mighty Missouri, Mighty yeah. Missouri Coffee, Brian Jackson, CEO, founder. It exists today for a couple of reasons. His dad, elite swimmers. That's why Arnie yeah. uh, reached out to me, right? Yeah. He's just he just a whole new planet of activity when it comes to exercise, right, and fitness. Yeah. Phenomenal. And to your point, by the way, I'm going to talk about the roasting in a second. Uh, Deb and I, my wife, Deb and I were uh, traveling, and we were in Italy. And it was about the time, I, I think it was just shortly before we we arrived in Milan. That was one of our three stops in Italy. That's when Starbucks opened the Milan, I think it's called Roastery, I think is what it's called. Um, <clears throat> I've never been in, I'm going to call it a coffee shop like this one. I have no idea how big it is. It's massive. It's in a, I, I think it's an old bank or an old post office or something. And, you know, in Europe, in Italy, that means it's been around for 2000 years or something, right? Oh my gosh. It was the experience of a lifetime. And I happened to have, they had some reserve coffee. I, I don't remember what it was called. I, I would die to have that coffee every single, you can't get it here. So yeah. it, it was that, it was that good. Right. But I, I sat there and I watched and I, mm. I finally realized it isn't about the coffee. And, and and maybe Schultz is the guy that's responsible for this. Oh, I got to back up. Over here, he's probably responsible for it. Over in Europe, this has been a thing forever where you stop somewhere, usually for an espresso or something, and you're connecting with somebody for 5, 10, 15 minutes, and then you go about your business. Well, that's taken, he's taken, Schultz took that to a whole new level where there's wonderful coffee. And I'm sorry to be talking about a competitor, by the way, but he's kind of, you know, carved a, a niche for a lot of folks. Starbucks is not the enemy. That's for sure. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's about the relationship and the connecting and what happens as a result of two human beings, or in some cases more coming together. And in this case, it happens to be over a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Why mighty Missouri? Just because you're uh, you live around the mighty Missouri, or, or is it something? Because you, yeah, you, you mentioned that it was mighty Missouri before it was coffee. Yeah, I mean it's definitely from the from the river. I think you you nailed it on the head there. With uh, it's not just about coffee, but uh, you know I grew up in Hazen, Lake Sakakawea is my the heart of my recreation. Still is today. I love spending as much time as I can there. It's on the Missouri River system. I moved to Bismarck and, you know, people get to the big lake, but not like, not like in coal country. And uh, so we're river rats here, but uh, I, I love everything about that, um, the Missouri River system. Um, I mean, just still kayaking today and finding buffalo skulls and stuff. So to me, it's this idea of kind of an idyllic childhood and adventures out there. And so as soon as I could get to the river and start exploring. And so uh, it's all about time. I mean, marketing for anything is about tying a product to an experience. And in coffee, that's such an available potential because 
coffee is such a sensory product from the time you open the bag and smell the whole beans to grinding the coffee to smelling the aroma of the brewed coffee to the feel of the cup on your lips and the feel of the of the the mouthfeel of the coffee i mean that gets romantic but it's true um but even still beyond that it uh, we could we could be having like the best cup of coffee let's say in the world um Let's say, in fact, uh, we we were able to to source the the very best bean that came out of Colombia this year, and um, and let's say I, I I imported it and I got it and I roasted it and and I just nailed it. No one roasted it better than me. It's the best flavor potential possible. And you and I got to share that cup of coffee, and I brewed it perfectly. So we're really having the best cup of coffee in the world right now. But if we didn't have that connection or a, a or, or maybe before you came in, you had a phone call and it was just a bad, bad news kind of thing. This coffee is never going to be your favorite coffee because, because the, the, you're, you're tying an experience to it. It has way more to do with this, you know, uh, the person that you have uh, across the table. So um, it's definitely a goal for Mighty Missouri to be absolutely great coffee. You know, that's, that's the first thing that we're about, but um the thing that we can't miss is the people aspect. Um, we have coffee shops, so that's forefront. You know, if we if if you're rude to a customer, that's never going to be your favorite cup of coffee. It doesn't matter what's in the cup. <laughs> so uh, as far as the brand goes, Mighty Missouri, that was very intentional. I think we get a lot of orders from Missouri, and it says roasted in Bismarck, and they're like, hey, what gives? <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, we're proudly roasted in Bismarck, North Dakota, but it's all about the river. And to me, that's personal. I, uh, it's, you know, my favorite song is not, uh, is not my favorite song because it's the most musically intelligent song in the world. You know, it's that crappy pop song that was on the radio because I was at that one place with that one person. And so there's, there's a lot, there's a big world in there. Um, and we're just kind of finding our, our way through that whole beautiful mess. <laughs> Identifying the right bean. What, walk me through the art of that process yeah. and how you've developed the skill. And, and, and where do you go when you're searching for the next bean? And then I'm going to ask a follow-up question about the roasting process. Yeah. So uh, we have a, a two roasters here. One's a larger scale roaster and one's a really small one pound roaster. I mean, it, it's um, it fit on your countertop and that we do. We do just a, a very small amount of coffee. So we'll get samples from a lot of different farms and we'll be able to try some green beans, green bean coffee. It doesn't smell like coffee. It doesn't. I mean, it smells like hay or grass or like an agricultural product because it is it's when uh it starts to be roasted that it gets that coffee smell and it starts to smoke it's after it's called the first crack and that's when all of that flavor development happens so we roast on this sample roaster a, a bunch of different ways and then we can try that coffee and see if it's something that we like and that we could commit to um over time but uh, the way that we roast, we don't add any flavors. There's no added ingredients or anything. There's really two inputs, and that's time and temperature. So you could think of it like like getting a great cut of meat at the grocery store, at the meat market. Um, the, the meat itself has that flavor potential, and you could put it on the grill and uh, bring out that flavor potential to the best of your ability. Um, and some people will just put it on the grill and char the heck out of it. And it'll taste like every other steak. And um, quite frankly, for, for a lot of years, that's how coffee has been. It's always been just roast to a very high grade, high temperature. And, uh, and then it's all going to taste the same. And coffee is coffee. With this third wave movement, you've seen um, maybe lighter roasts, medium roasts. Uh, come into play because it's that medium rare of the steak. You're bringing out the flavor potential of the bean. So as an example, um, in Africa, maybe an Ethiopian coffee, natural process, meaning the coffee bean is the seed of a coffee cherry. Um, and uh, 
and and that has to be separated from the fruit somehow. That's the process method. You could wash it off. You could dry it off. There's different ways. There's some fermentation um, that could happen. And when that ferments, uh, it's going to taste much different, much more acidic, much more bright in your cup. So there's a lot of wine types of properties to coffee, especially when you get into third wave coffee. So on the one side, you say, what gives coffee is coffee. Why am I going to spend this amount of coffee of, of money on a bag of coffee? On the other side, when you see, uh, when you're exposed to that third wave coffee, it's like, oh, I get it. So you're kind of chasing this brightness, this acidity. Maybe uh, this has a milk chocolate kind of taste. Maybe this has something like a cola, you know, and there's a lot of nuance to the coffee flavor. And, and you can definitely get into the realm of being pretentious pretty quickly in coffee, just like in, in anything. But uh, because we're investing in in this coffee, I mean, when we'll, when we'll try one that we really like, um, and you put money down for it, meaning we're going to commit to this coffee for the next year. Uh, we're going to buy so many bags of, of this coffee. Well, then it, it really means something. Like we have to put our money where our mouth is. And so uh, we do take that cupping process seriously. The cupping is just a, uh, a fancy uh, tasting method of coffee. Brew, it's, a, it's a standardized brew method. So you know, the coffee, if, if we both were drinking the same type of coffee, but you brewed it in, let's say a French press and I brewed it in a 10 cup Mr. Coffee uh, maker at home, we're gonna be tasting different things just because that has such a, um, an effect. So there's a bunch of standardization so that we're tasting the same thing. We're roasting different ways. And uh, there is a definitely an art meat science to it. And then once we start getting to scale, then it's all about being uh, the same over and over and over again. So we want it to, we want to, we want to maintain that level. We have some level of automation so we can reduce the, the human error in it um, because consistency is so key, but that's kind of like the, the very 30,000 foot look at, at the roasting process um, and what we do. But as far as, you know, I've never actually gone on an origin trip, like looking for the, the beans. I'd love to um, in a startup mode and a very grassroots kind of company with no marketing budget, no really no budget. Um, that's never been uh, the number one thing that that would be most helpful to me exposing our, my brand to Bismarck, it would be fun for me, but that's, that's about that. Um, so we work with some importers, some great importers who would do that far better than I could ever dream to. And, uh, with, uh, the, this new kind of third wave of, of coffee, um, there's a lot of, uh, direct trade opportunities with farmers and that's really cool because, you know, what could have gone for pennies per pound of coffee because they're changing their growing practice or because it's a different varietal or something. These are several dollars per pound that these uh, families are getting. So um, quality breeds ethics in coffee, in specialty coffee. And so there's a, there's a lot of interesting things kind of, kind of happening in that space, but um, from importing to sampling to ordering and roasting again and getting it out to the, to the people, that's, that's what we do in a nutshell. You have trusted partners that bring you quality product in this case, a bean. Mm -hmm. And then in, in, terminology that may be a, a little bit more familiar with most the head brewmaster mm -hmm. in this case it's not beer it's coffee the head roaster has to develop skills over time and trial and error to i, I caution myself when i want to use the word perfect but that's what you're trying to do perfect the flavor and taste experience that you're looking for and, and hopefully it's a winner. So that's your, that's you, you're the one, you're the brewmaster. You're, you're the, uh, the head roaster. Uh, from the beginning I was now we've got a, a bit of a bigger team and, okay. uh, and fortunately, yeah, we can, we can uh, work together on that, but yeah, that's good. Yeah. How, how do you test 
with potential customers or, or, or do you? Um, because we've got the coffee shops now, we've got one at the Bismarck YMCA and one at Kirkwood Mall, a new one at Kirkwood Mall. Um, that allows that to happen much more. So we can say, hey, we're we're trying this out. Let me know what you think. And um, especially when it comes to specialty drinks, where we do, you know, flavored lattes, seasonal drinks, things like that. But also now because of the roasted coffee before we didn't do any of that. And still we do kind of, it, it's, it's based on when I mean, we determine that. And so um, it took a long time because of all the things I just told you for me to bring on a, a true dark roast, because that was the, in my mind, and I'm still learning, that was the antithesis of what I was trying to do is roast this really dark coffee. But um, at the end of the day, that's not my preference, but people aren't wrong that that's what they prefer. So it, uh, I, I did a lot of trial and error to get a roast that I was really proud of. That's a dark roast. We call it Mighty Midnight. But in that example, it's what people were really wanting. And so we took it on, found one that we were really proud of, and then just made it a staple, made it a regular thing that's available for us. So um, otherwise, it's very much, uh, we try to nail it on the sample roaster. And then our team, which is growing, looks at it and tries it, tastes it. And then we kind of take a vote, not necessarily what's the best coffee, but what's our favorite coffee. That's the standard. Um, we'll score the coffee ourselves. We'll, we'll figure out and determine where we're, where we land on each one. But at the end of the day, the question is, but which one is your favorite? And then we'll all kind of come to a consensus. And that's the one that we're going to, that, that I'll trust to um, make it a, a mighty Missouri coffee. Mighty Midnight is the dark roast. That's the dark roast. All right. Yeah. yeah. Mighty, so what's the difference between Mighty Midnight, Mighty Moonrise, Mighty Morning? Yeah. What's the difference between those? It, it, well, I, I, I named them all. So they're all single origin coffees. And so typically when you'd see a single origin coffee, it's going to say, you know, Mexico, Chiapas, like the the country and the and the region and, and it's going to tell you all of the details of that well the, the thing that's difficult about a startup coffee company is um, i didn't have the funds to buy a shipment of one type of coffee so i'd get one bag of coffee and uh, i would try to make it as the, you know the best that i could but i didn't have the buying power for that to be consistent or the same coffee um but I was able to get into grocery stores early on. And uh, it's a really cool story to get into the Dan supermarkets around here. And, um, but I, I, I had such a rotating kind of coffee availability that I came up with these trade names, Mighty Morning, which is now a, a Colombian. Uh, it's like a really great breakfast blend, but it is a straight single origin Colombian coffee. Mighty Moonrise is much more chocolatey. It's a Guatemalan coffee. It has been since day one. It's it's a crowd pleaser. It's one of one of our favorites and served at a lot of cool places. So that that's a thrill. Um, Mighty Mo is the one that still rotates today. So that one is our favorite pick um, each season. Uh, Mighty Midnight is another Colombian coffee that's dark roasted. We have another one called Lake Weekend. It's like that Ethiopian that I was telling you about. It's really bright, citric, and, and, and acidic. And that's not for everybody, but it is my favorite uh, Lake Weekend. Um, so we have a few. We have espressos. We have um, some different... Uh, rotating things, but that's kind of the difference. And that's, that's how we do it. So everyone has its own recipe and the recipe is really how long it's going to be in the roaster and at what temperature. And so we've got a, it's called a roaster's curve and you can watch it in real time, but it, once the roaster gets up to temperature and then you add cold beans, the graph, it starts to, to dip, right? The line starts to dip because you're entering cold beans are, are entering a hot environment. And so the whole environment cools down and you watch this roaster's curve, it's called get to a low point and then come back up to the temperature that you want. And at any point in there, if it stalls out or if it arcs or if it goes too fast, 
that's you're going to actually taste that later and we'll taste it we'll have terms like it tastes flat to me well we know as a team what that what that kind of means or it has like a papery kind of kind of flavor we know what happened in the roast to for that to occur so and that that's that's it it's all about consistency and there's there's a little bit more nuance to our coffees than than right away would meet the eye well you just described art beats science mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's a perfect example of art beats science let's talk a little bit about the entrepreneurial journey i would imagine in the period of time we're in because there's so there's so much confusion and confused minds have a tendency to say no but in our country we have you know we're politically a mass so so divided it's unbelievable the economy is very very shaky inflation um well you probably know better than anybody what inflation uh, does to to you as a entrepreneur but also to the customers that you're trying to reach and serve you know if the compared to three years ago if the average american family is spending four to seven hundred dollars a month depending on what source you source that's a new 400 to 700 dollars a month in uh, living expenses that could put an impact on your customers and which means you as an entrepreneur so for, uh, and then we have ar which is you know it's just it's just the way life works is that as we advance as creative intelligent people we come up with technologies to help us they can also displace people so we're seeing that play out with strikes and people talking about we're going to go probably to 3.5 days of work versus five jamie diamond just announced that the other day a lot of people will be thinking about i i i'm going to go out and do something for me i'm going to go out and do something on my own i want to be an entrepreneur walk us through some of your high points (laughs) And some that maybe aren't quite as high, if you yeah, uh, absolutely. I told you before we started here that uh, the life of an entrepreneur can be a bit manic. So there's a high point and a low point, um, high points and low points just throughout the day, um, not necessarily just uh, you know um, through the whole journey. But um, I was naive, just naive enough to jump out on my own. So I started when I was 24 or 25 in there to just start the brand. And I didn't know what I didn't know. And it turned out I didn't know a lot <laughs> and still don't know a lot, but I'm, I'm learning. And uh, I, to, to his credit, my boss at the time, you mentioned him, Dennis Kemisat. Um, he owned Frontier Precision. He also owned 701 Cycle and Sport, the bike shop. He also owned Bone Shaker Coffee, which has been around for a long time. And um, I was able to to work in those spaces and and uh, and and he really still supported me and and what I was doing and offered his help and um he probably knew a bit more I mean a lot of people knew a bit more about what I was getting into than than what I expected so when I really kind of branched out and did my own thing I learned that uh the amount I thought I knew that I could bring to the table was, was a lot. And what I knew was just like a tiny, tiny bit and uh, had to learn everything um, on the fly. And so there's just, there's uh, growing pains and we've been a growing company since day one. And so it's been about managing growing pains. I mean, um, if, if I weren't, if there weren't those exciting things that happened, uh, I wouldn't still be doing it. You know, if it's, you can only take so many losses, <laughs> uh, but it, it, you know, you're kind of hanging on to the the hope of the this adventure and, and where else it can go. And um, quite frankly, from day one, it has been a faith journey for me. And I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of experience that same thing. But um, if you're going to jump out and do something, it, it truly does feel like you're jumping out. So you're on a precipice and you're going to take a big jump of faith because you don't know what, where you're going to land. It, it could squish you. Um, and that's true every step of the way. You know, we just opened the the spot at the Kirkwood mall, I said, and 
that's another one of those big jumps of faith where I don't know. And, and, you know, it, it's not that, uh, it, that mighty Missouri has to, uh, succeed or else, but, uh, but that's been this, this journey of, all right, uh, been growing this little bit. And I'm a big believer in, in slow growth over 11 years. I was able to fail quietly and continue to, to, to grow. And so then you, you kind of afford these opportunities to take a couple bigger swings and very much, you don't know where you're going to land. But when I started, I'll tell you this story. When I started, um, I made this business plan that is a laughable document now. I mean, like I would cringe to look at this business plan that I had, but, um, you know, as a roaster, you're roasting coffee, not only that people are going to come to your website, come to your store or whatever and, and pick up, but you're also private labeling coffee that other coffee shops are going to use. You'll roast coffee for coffee shops. And so there's some different figures I'd looked at online and um, a coffee shop or a coffee roaster to be successful. And that's what I started as, not with coffee shops, but just as a roasting coffee for other people. Um, if I could get, you know, four or five coffee shops to carry my coffee, because that's you know, they'll use a hundred pounds of espresso week after week after week. Um, then I could, then I could, I thought I could maybe start to eke out a living there. And then not only that, but have uh, this place and this place, you know, pick it up. So people would get the bag of coffee. Now that's my heart is I wanted to build a brand that people would want on their countertop in their kitchen. So I wanted people to seek out mighty Missouri, not because it was the private label, the provider of their coffee shops, coffee, but because it was the thing that they wanted. So most places that I looked at would put it in a Whole Foods because that's what Whole Foods did was they get a, I mean, if you go through the coffee aisle at a Whole Foods, there's a lot of great local roasters. Um, we're talking 2012. Well, we, we don't have Whole Foods in Bismarck, but we didn't have anything like that then. We didn't have the food co-op. Um, what we did have was Dan's supermarkets, which were at the time locally owned. There were five or six locations. And I reached out to the buyer there and told him what I was up to. And he was like, that sounds great. It, we'd, we'd love to do something like that. You know, he didn't like sign on the bottom line, but in my little document, like enough for me to check, like, okay, we could get all the coffees there too. And that was the, not the money-making thing in my mind, but that was the, the billboard. That was where people could go to get the coffee. And there's a, you know, a startup to mighty Missouri where you have to get a roaster and uh, things like that. Once I decided that that was the way I was going to go and it took months and I'd still been lightly in touch with, with the, the people that I'd talked to. But by the time I finally had a printed bag of 12 ounce coffee ready for grocery stores and no place to put it, but Dan supermarkets. And I wouldn't recommend anyone start their business this way, but uh, that's how I did and uh, I reached out to the, this gentleman again, who was very kind, but he said, you know, the, the coffee space is uh, tight. We're looking at another local coffee uh, right now, and we're not going to have room for Mighty Missouri. So at the time, it felt very much like I did take this big leap of faith, and uh, and here I am. And now the, the the thing I was most excited about is a hard no. In fact, I said, well... I'm sorry to hear that, but could I at least get some coffee, put some, some coffee on your desk? And he said, you know, we're just going to pass on a meeting. <laughs> and so it was a hard no. And uh, at the time, I was very early on. Um, it wasn't my full-time thing, but uh, uh, a friend was helping. She worked at North Dakota Teen Challenge, and they were doing a concert at Shiloh School here from Matthew West, a great <laughs> Christian singer, Grammy award winning. Like, so this place was going to be packed, but she just asked if I'd be willing to volunteer. I had a brand new sample shirt that I was wearing from, uh, it's a, it had my logo on it that I made. And, uh, um, it was from Dakota Screen Arts. Like, this is the one that you decide if you're going to order more. So I was just wearing it. Yeah, sure. I'll help out at this concert and then I'm going to wear my new shirt, you know? And so I was helping out and then Matthew West comes in the back door and he's, really gracious and thanking all the volunteers and stuff. And uh, he talked to me and he's like, Hey, what's this mighty Missouri coffee? Is that local? And I was like, yeah, it is. I just, it, it's mine. And he said, uh, Oh, great. Is it, is it your dream? And I said, yeah, it's my dream. He's like, well, you have a really great shirt. I want one. 
So at the time I didn't have another one. So I called Dakota Screen Arts and uh, I was like, hey, can you make one of those up really quick? And I guessed his size and I raced down to D- Dakota Screen Arts and picked up a t-shirt for him. So that it wouldn't hurt to have Matthew West have a, a t-shirt. Cool anyway. And then I came back to the the concert and got the tour manager of the shirt. And I was like, hey, I think Matthew West wants this. And uh, that night in front of a packed crowd, I remember it was packed because uh, some turkeys called the fire department on them. <laughs> so it was, it was overflow. And uh, he was wearing his leather jacket. And underneath, I could see Mighty Missouri Coffee. He's wearing my shirt on stage. And I was just freaking out with my friends. What a cool win, you know. And uh, then he he took his jacket off and he stops the concert and he says, this is this is my favorite coffee, Mighty Missouri Coffee. My friend owns this coffee shop and it's coming to Bismarck. And he talked to people, everyone about this coffee shop for like two minutes of stage time, which is a long time to talk about something. It, it felt like Mighty Missouri hosted, like sponsored this whole event. So what people know is, Matthew West's good friend, which I had met him for 30 seconds, <laughs> uh, is opening his favorite coffee brand in Bismarck. And uh, man, what that did was incredible. But I had a website. I didn't have a lot more at that time. And people would started coming to my website, a lot of people after that night. And they emailed me, where can we get this coffee? Um, not, they could order it online, but there were no places for them to get it. And so I responded to every single email and I said, ask Dan supermarkets, because I knew that <laughs> at Dan's, like if you wanted a product <laughs> and they didn't have it, they were really good about getting it. So I told all of them, um, it's not available there currently, but please ask Dan's. And uh, everyone must've done it. It was kind of a crowdsourced kind of, kind of thing. And um, it couldn't have been more than two weeks later that the same guy emailed me back and said, Hey, we understand you're making some coffee. We would love to, <laughs> we would love to carry it. And I was thinking in my mind, like, are you kidding me? Like, yeah, we were just talking, but, uh, but anyway, um, I had been hoping that they would carry just three skews of coffee, Mighty Mo, Mighty Moonrise, and Mighty Morning. Those are the three I wanted in ground. Um, and they ended up, every store, giving me an entire row. So I got all of my coffees, an entire row. And I think we might have been, if not the first local coffee available on the shelves in, in North Dakota, pretty close. And uh, that was at every different dance. So that was just like one of those cool redemptive stories of, of this uh, highs and lows. And that's so much why it's a, it's a faith journey because, you know, on the one side, it feels like ah, this is not looking very good on the other side, you can't really see what's happening, you know? So it's that, that was just, <laughs> that, that was day one. So we're 11 years in, we've had a lot of moments like that. It has, uh, rattled my nerves it's been incredibly rewarding um and disappointing at the same time you know that's just like all of those emotions and uh but i couldn't be happier about it so have you reached back out to your good friend matthew west to say thank you i did so he actually came to a concert again in bismarck and there was a friend who knew that that connection was just such a cool one. So he was going to pick him up at the airport and ask me to come along. And uh, Matthew West was, he also had uh, worn that shirt, put it on his Instagram, things like that. I mean, like it was a cool thing that he did. And um, so I picked him up and I wasn't wearing my shirt this time. And he's like, Hey, mighty Missouri coffee. I love that shirt. (laughs) So it was really cool. And, um, his dad comes along on tours with him. So this is, this is now, I haven't seen him for, for many, many years. I don't think he'd recognize me uh, still, but uh, um, his dad had come along on, on the tours and his dad kind of invited me backstage and stuff. And they pray before they're uh, they go on stage and stuff. And I just felt like, I felt like a VIP. So um, for no reason, but just to be kind. And he does that. If you kind of follow him, he does that to different places, different people at all the places he goes. So that's just kind of his, his MO, which is awesome. But uh, yeah. So I think, I think he's, 
he's a, he's a good guy and he gave me a big foot up. So I love Matthew West. I'm a big fan. I'm even a bigger fan now. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you have a website, you're on Instagram, you have a YouTube channel, you have your own podcast, you do blogs. What What's next? I mean, you, you just opened up at Kirkwood. Mm-hmm. You have your location at the Y. Do you have more than those two locations? Those are the two locations that we manage, we, we run. So there's other places that'll like proudly brew Mighty Missouri Coffee. You'll see it at a lot more places, but those are the two that we um, we run. Yeah. What What's next? Um, that's a great question. I uh, I think there's uh, over a decade um, <laughs> that had happened. Uh, what had happened is it all became a blur. And so I hadn't even given myself the ability to look back over one year and reflect. And so last year I was able to look at a decade and just like, wow, that was nuts. And part of the thing that it was really pretty cathartic, but we podcast because I was communications guy and still love that a podcast had always been something that I was interested in doing. I enjoy yours very much. And, um, and so I thought, but I was always too nervous to do it because I, I, I'm, uh, I don't need to be, I don't like being a self-promoter <laughs> and being an entrepreneur. You kind of, that's what you do. Um, so I, I just really cringed about uh, being more out there within like a podcast format. Um, but I just have met a lot of interesting people doing interesting things over that last uh, 10 years. And so what, what it was, was an excuse for me to, to say, all right, the first episode is going to be about my story. That's what we'll do. I was just going to say, hey, we're celebrating 10 years. Here's the story. And then we're going to have an episode two, but it's not going to be about me. <laughs> and um, that's that's been something that's spurred on that I love to do. I mean, it's uh, uh, slow growing. I'm used to that uh, for podcasts, but uh, for, the, for the podcast anyway. But um I think that's really exciting, but we also, I mean, we're still making big jumps and leaps in the uh, coffee space. Like I said, that that uh, we're really focused right now. We've expanded. We've almost doubled our team now in the last two months on the coffee shop side. So um, managing people is a whole new set of challenges. When, it, when I began, I had a, a shop condo and I was like, uh, it, it, overwhelmed me in its emptiness. You know, it was just me come to work, try to be a self-motivated guy uh, going out there and and, uh, and getting stuff done and uh, being very lonely. And then being now, um, we have four full-time uh, folks at the roaster, and then we've got close to 20 um, on the coffee shop sides. And so that's not the case anymore, but managing people is something new to me. I'm reading books. I'm learning. Um, I've got, uh, I've got some strengths and I've got some glaring weaknesses. So (laughs) that's, uh, that's where I'm spending a lot of my time is I think we've got a really, our strength is in our people. Um, we've got a fantastic managers. We've got fantastic individuals and uh, that's kind of where we can continue. Like we haven't had a, an issue with hiring like a lot of places have. I think that speaks to our team. But me being uh, overly cautious, overly careful, and overly maybe even overly considerate, <laughs> that takes a lot of uh, time and demand that uh, I'm really focused on for sure. Yeah, I'd be surprised, Brian, if you're actually managing I think you're probably, I don't know you well. I know of you well. (laughs) I think you're probably managing stuff like where to buy the beans, what kind of roaster to buy, and you get advice from your team and input. But you're probably leading um, people. And that's that's always the true sign of, I don't want to say great leaders, because that's a bit of a stretch, maybe. There was only one great leader. And so you're probably leading. And people, for the most part, um, 
appreciate being led and having good examples to follow. Managing mm-hmm. is a whole different thing. People kind of do this. And and the the my experience tells me that people with great hearts that love people lead and then they manage the stuff. And that's probably probably what you're doing. And then the question for you. The subscription availability through, by the way, it's Mighty Missouri, M-I-S-S-O-U-R-I. I'm not going to spell mighty. MightyMissouri.com. It's also Instagram, Mighty Missouri. And you have Mighty Mo Coffee on Instagram. Tell me how this subscription process works. Because I don't live in it close to one of your outlets. So how do I do that? How do we do that? Yeah. So on our website, thank you. uh, You can shop for any of the coffees and find the ones that you like or the one that you like, and you can shop and and buy that individual bag, or there's another option, which is subscribe. Um, So you can um, skip going to the store. Um, You can just automate everything, uh, save a little bit there and shipping and things like that. And uh, so you can set how much you want, the grind you want, and what frequency you want. So if you want um, five pounds a month automated, it comes to your door fresh roasted straight from the roaster. If you want two 12-ounce bags every six months, you can set whatever you want and change that subscription as you need. Um, But uh, that's that's been really, really great, actually, having that availability for uh, for us and our customers. So that's that's an awesome way to get coffee. Plus, plus it's fresh roasted straight out of our door. So. so if you're on subscription, you get a bag every month. Or whatever you want. You could get a bag every week. You just set it however you'd like. Okay. Yep. How big is the bag? So we have, we have a few options. You can get a 12 ounce, you can get a two and a half pound or a five pound. So uh, depending on how your family drinks coffee, there you go. Well, in my family, it's just me. Yep. But I, I drink a lot. So I'll have, to, I'll have to figure that out, figure out which t-shirt I'm going to buy. Tell, you, tell me about the brewing methods reference yes. and... Um, products that you have on your website and the reason i ask is do you have a preference uh, how most people ideally would brew their coffee Mm -hmm. your coffee at home yeah um so a one to 16 ratio is the golden ratio of coffee coffee to water ratio um, but there's a lot of different brew methods out Wait, there. Now, yeah, I'm sorry. You're right. mm-hmm. One tablespoon to 16 ounces or? Um, so like one one gram of coffee to 16 grams of water okay. or whatever. Yep. Um, so so that's the and, and it's, it's a little bit uh, the more. So I mentioned the nuance of coffee. The more you get into coffee, the more you can play around with that and experience the coffee differently. So uh, you could exploit a flavor that you like because you are brewing it in an AeroPress, for example, which is a fun way to brew coffee um, versus a 10 cup brewer at home. Um, They're just going to taste differently. So I don't have a pre- my, my favorite brew method is AeroPress, like I mentioned. Chemex is a pour over option, um, and it's just it's more of a it's more of a, a, a fun thing. Some people for some people it's a, a ritual thing. It's a different way to experience your coffee. But I don't necessarily care how people taste my coffee or, or brew my coffee. Um, at the end of the day, it's to your spec, to the way that you like your coffee. The thing that I'm committed to is. It's going to be absolute quality from the ground up to the point that it gets to you. And I think you could definitely screw it up at, at that point. You know, <laughs> um, so you can. The, the number one thing, though, for um, the best coffee 
is to grind your coffee. So, uh, and it has to be a consistent grind. So a blade grinder at home, the one that just chops it into a bunch of pieces, uh, doesn't do a lot because it'll chop into some really big chunks and it'll chop into some really fine particulate. Uh, but those, those would be brewed differently. So when a and, and it sounds like really a lot, but it, it just bear with me um, to some of the listeners because coffee's coffee and I get it. Um, but a, a French press coffee is, you know, the glass jar looking thing. And it's got really coarse grounds of coffee in it because it's sitting in hot water for like four and a half minutes. Um, so it's uh, it needs to be coarse coffee. Uh, and then you press that down and, and that's going to be the best uh, extraction from coffee to water. Conversely, you have an espresso machine that instead of four and a half minutes, it's up to 30 seconds of brew time. And we're it's gonna go through that coffee. And there it's really fine particulate because it's a chemistry question, right? The answer is, the answer is always uh, 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 surface area. And so, uh, it, it'll just come right right through that coffee and then it's going to uh if you have really coarse coffee in the espresso machine it's going to be like water so you have these two different um sides of, of things but it, it, that's why you have a medium grind for your coffee brewer at home your drip coffee brewer so the type of grind matters the most and a blade grinder doesn't help much you're going to have some really muddy kind of tasting coffee sometimes you'll nail it but it's just a it, it, it's more luck than anything. Um, the best thing to do for coffee at home is to get a burr grinder because a burr grinder presses the coffee into the same consistent grind. Um, you can get burr grinders now pretty inexpensively. They're in big box stores, um, 30 to $30 to a thousand dollars, like whatever you want to spend on a burr grinder. But the point is getting that consistent grind for whatever uh, brew method you have. That's the number one thing you can do. If you don't have a, a grinder or a good grinder at home, I would just have us grind it for you because our packaging is really good. Um, as soon as you open it, it's going to be ground for you and um, to the spec that you want. So, But generally speaking, your coffee at home in a drip coffee brewer should just be a medium grind and just consistent. So, One of the best cups of coffee I ever had that I made personally, Deb and I were at San Juan Islands for a wedding. And in the place that we were staying, that's what they had for coffee. And so I did the French press thing. And it was really, really, really good. And I almost bought one. I, I said to myself, this now this is an indication of what kind of guy I am. I think I'm too lazy to go through that process every single morning versus the way I've been making it forever, right? Mm -hmm. Having it ground, put in the, you know, the four heaping tablespoons, a little bit of water, bingo, bango, I've got my four to six cups of coffee. But I must say, it isn't as good as the cup of coffee at the hotel yep. at San Juan Island. That French press is, maybe I just have to, at my age, get over the laziness part of it and just do it, right? That's probably what I should do. <laughs> no, it's it's uh, it's all about the experience. So if you're not enjoying it, do what, do what you enjoy. But it's something to add. So it's uh, people who really get into coffee are going to try one, let's say, at a French press, and it's going to be really have some caramel kind of flavors or whatever. Maybe you don't even recognize that it tastes that way or why it tastes good. But then if you brew it on a different way, let's say in a Chemex, like a pour over, you're adding hot water um, and it's got this brightness, some like acidity, it's going to taste radically different depending on how you brew. That's fun in and of itself, but it is not practical if you're running to the office or whatever. So uh Sometimes, sometimes it's just about like, I'll do the same thing. I have a lot of brew methods, but I have one coffee brewer up at the office. And first thing in the morning, that's what I drink. We will weigh the coffee and add the right amount of water. That's it. But uh, beyond that, it's, uh, I mean, you can have as much fun with it as you'd like. <laughs> the Borealis Espresso, great name, by the way. And I didn't click the link. I wouldn't have to ask this question. Is that a bean? 
that, that, that can I buy Bore, yep, uh, borealis can, espresso beans? Yep, you can get them all in beans, or you can get them all in the the specific type of grind that you like. Um, it's totally up to you. Espresso really only means a type of grind because espresso is that fine grind. Any our espresso should also work as a as a like in an air pot at church. It should taste the same like as a good breakfast blend. Uh, it, it, the, the reason we call it Borealis Espresso and you could get it as a bean is because that's the develop, the, the flavor developed that, that we had made, um, the flavor, excuse me, that we developed because it's going to be paired with milk and syrup and those types of things. So it's going to, um, if we had something that was very floral and then added syrup and flavoring to it, that's going to get lost. So instead, this is a much more, we have, it's a chocolate, toffee, and graham cracker are our tasting notes on this. And when you add milk and sugar to that, it's really something else. So that's why we call it. That's what we do at, yeah, that's what we do at, uh, at, at uh, all of our coffee shops. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, and what kind of grind should someone use for a drip coffee maker? Just straight medium. Straight medium grind. Yeah. But if you have a grinder at home, you start at that medium. And then if you want to um, say it's a little bit bitter, then you could take it a couple clicks coarser and then try it again. That's what we do is dialing in the, the grind. Okay. And then it's not going to be as bitter. So there's kind of a, a scale there of, of bitter on one side and sour on the other you can definitely taste that um sour when you're sipping straight espresso um sometimes you go to a coffee shop and it's like burn your esophagus uh kind of sour that shouldn't be so their 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 coffee's a little bit too coarse so you can play around with that and uh find the way that and and so like i said uh you can also get into the realm of uh, being pretentious very quickly. Um, there's a lot of coffee purists out there, but I would just encourage people to give different coffees a shot, see what they like. And then, and then the next step is why do I like that? <laughs> and then all of a sudden you're hooked. But if you, uh, if you try, if you try Mighty Missouri coffee, I think you'll, you'll try it and you'll say, Oh, I get it. I get it now. What are the best ways for people? I already mentioned the, the website. I mentioned Instagram. And we'll we'll post this on MikeSeminary.com. What, what are the best ways for, if there are others, for people to follow you or to reach you or communicate with you? What's your preference? Yeah, we're active on uh, MightyMissouri.com, Facebook, and Instagram. Those are the, the main ones. Um, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned the, the new podcast we have. It's called Another Day, Another Adventure. Another Day, Another Adventure is stamped on the bag uh, since day one. So it's just kind of the the mantra that we've had here. So um, that's that's those are the best ways and see what we've got going on. There's always something. Brian, I opened up saying that we're probably at a point in our country because of just a lot of converging forces where that interest in being my own boss may be more heightened than any other time I can think of during my career. Um, And so magic wand question, if you could wave a magic wand over the heads of all those folks that are thinking just like you did 12 years ago, about being your own boss, being an entrepreneur, launching something. What's the one thing you really want them to know about their journey? Oh, that's that's really a good question. Um, I know that if I had that conversation with myself, I could talk myself out of it because, like I said, I <laughs> I didn't know what I was what I was in for. Um, on the other side. I don't think that it's ever a bad bet to bet on yourself, mm-hmm. but you definitely, I mean, it, it for, for me, I mean, faith is a, is a huge piece of it. Um, but that's, uh, that's more of a, of a personal journey kind of question. I, um, a lot of people, um, 
are doing things and I have to check myself often, but are doing things because it's somebody else's thing. Um, so find that thing that's yours. Um, is this something that you want and that you are good at? Um, then I don't think you're going to be able to go wrong as much, but it's um, day one will never look like year 10. Um, so just be prepared for, for all of that. I don't think that entrepreneurship is for everybody at all. Um, I think that there's a really great reason for, uh, so the security of having a job that turns off at 5 PM and you can go, um, <laughs> have a life afterwards and not worry about things and things like that on the other side of the coin. Um, I mean, it's, it's very rewarding, uh, as well. So that's a very difficult question to answer, but that's my answer. <laughs> what else should we know about my Missouri coffee and, and you? What else should you know? Um, I think we are doing something special and that's become more apparent to me every, every week that we're in business. Um, something special is going on. There's the, 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 with the people here, uh, with our mission and, um, and where we're going. So, um, I hope people check in and see what we've got going on, give our coffee a try. And, um, with, as with any small business, telling people about it makes all the difference in the world. So, Well, Brian, thank you so much. I know you're busy. Entrepreneurs are very, very busy. Thank you for taking time to join me. Thank you for launching your business. Thank you for giving Matthew West a T-shirt. Because that, <laughs> in many ways, maybe changed the trajectory of yeah. your path in Mighty Missouri Coffee. Appreciate you so much. Looking forward to placing my order for my t-shirt coffee. I don't know about the press yet. I'll think about that. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Take good care. Bye. You too.